Hello, and <laughs> why have you done that again, Pete? Why have, have you done, done it more? Again? Why have you done, done more? You're being immature again. You're putting your middle finger up as soon as I start to hit record. You do every time. I haven't even said the intro, so hello, welcome back to the Personal Trainer Portal Podcast. We're on episode 98, the top three habits of successful personal trainers. And if you're an avid listener, you might have realized, and I can't even remember which one, it was episode 30 something, we did top five habits of successful personal trainers. And you're probably thinking, well, why is there two less now? There just is. <laughs> there just is. We just rushed for time. That's what it is. <laughs> so we've had to make a couple of cuts. Uh, there's been some expenditure cuts and some of them mm -hmm. are on the habits of personal trainers yes <laughs> no i think the the proper reason is that we just thought we could streamline it down a little bit more and just get for you guys the top three and if you put these in no the rest will follow exactly exactly that so it's been about a month since the last podcast and i think it's a recurring thing, but it doesn't matter. We're back. We're closing in on episode 100, even if it takes us 100 months or 100 weeks or 100 days to do that. It doesn't matter. We're going to get it done. 100 so, months? 100 months. That would how, how many years is 100 months? Well, it's 12 months in a year, so that'll make it easy. So how many is there in that out? 100 months then? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I'm asking you the question. It's four, I think. No, no, no. Don't put this four. on me. Four. We're not here to do maths. How many what? months? How many <laughs> years are there in 100 months? It's what? It says 8.3. That can't be right. Why not? It's not eight years. And there's 24. Is it yes? Oh yeah, I'm getting I'm getting mixed up here. Yeah, there probably yeah, is. You've... <laughs> That's right, Barmy. There. Are I'm you gonna, all right? I'll cut, we'll cut this part out. Eight years. So anyway, Great. before we before we jump into the top three awesome. habits, not top, not top five habits, what have you got for me, Pete? Have you got anything for the listeners? I've uh, I've got a pretty outstanding dad joke. Yeah. It's been a few episodes since the dad joke, actually. I know, I know, I know. I've been itching to get this one out. So let me get into it. Why is let me just think this through. I don't want to mess this up. <laughs> wow. And um, the tension is building. Why is, why does Mickey Mouse's helicopter not work in Scotland? Why does Mickey Mouse's helicopter not work in Scotland? Don't know. Doesn't he land? That's pretty good, that one, actually. <laughs> doesn't he land? He... I'm just thinking, because obviously there was a little pause before you last there. Yeah. While you contemplated that. Could we not get some of that artificial, like, laughter? So oh, canned like laughter, where, I think yeah, it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Could yeah, we not I, get that put in I, on the edit? I mean, bloody hell, Pete. I have enough work to edit in this podcast and putting it up. I mean, I, I can try if you want to. Maybe just, episode 100. We could have that yeah, in. That, that's a good point. You know what we should do on episode 100? Although I really can't be bothered to edit all this because it'll take a lot of time, but I should get all of our Wujaradas and dad jokes and just compile them into one episode and put loads of artificial laughs in there as well. Yeah, artificial laughs, some clapping, because it would sound like we did this live. Oh, yeah, good point. Well, we are doing it live. 
no way. Sorry, live in an with an audience. Should have said. Yeah. Yeah. If I we were to do would... it in front of an audience, how many people would you be comfortable with? I think. How many would I be comfortable with? Yeah. What do you, you think? There's a certain moment where you go. Well, yeah. Say it was five hundred. Can handle that. Six hundred. Too many. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Essentially, like, because at what point? Because if you think, like, say so if you said 20 people, you might be like, yeah, I'll be all right for that. Maybe once it goes over 100, you're thinking, wow, that's triple. That, there's a lot of people there, and I feel a bit nervous. I think more than two. <laughs> me and you. It feels. <laughs> Literally anyone else other <laughs> than me and you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, when you're at school and you have to do, like, a presentation, PowerPoint presentation, where yeah. you're learning the, the benefits of PowerPoint, and PowerPoint, you say you where risky. you have to do it in front. Yeah, of course. Come on. Okay, one sec. And this is really bad. He's come through and he needs me to wipe his bum. <laughs> I don't know what I can do. I'm going to have to wipe his bum there, so I'm going to have to leave well, it back. Well, I'm going to have to take over. You know what? I'll get into the, I'll get into the episodes and I'll put some artificial laughs in. Great. You maybe you tell it. How many people would you enjoy <laughs> presenting in front of? I'd I'd be happy with Mike about drop. fifty. <laughs> you you go and do your dad duties. Well, while he's doing that, um, I'm going to delve into the start of the podcast. So, as I said, we're going to be talking about the top three habits of successful PTs. The first one is going to be able to speak or provide value to non-clients. So if you've heard or listened to a lot of our podcasts, you'll know that one of the main areas that we cover is talking to people on the gym block, especially if you're someone who's in a public gym, as you know, a lot of you who listen to this will intend on being or are already in. So what I would say is being someone who's a good BT in terms of knowing the anatomy, the physiology, the nutritional side, and include up for your own training is one thing. Being able to yeah. speak to other people is something completely different. So I remember when I first started, and Pete first started back in 2015, personally, I wasn't given laws of pointers of how to speak to people on the gym floor. Here he is, he's back. I'm just telling the listeners about the first point of the three successful habits. So as I was saying, you're able to speak to a lot of people. If you're someone who can speak to a lot of people, just in general, you're quite an extroverted social person. That's great. Obviously, that's going to give you an advantage. But if you're not that type of person, don't worry. There's a lot of things that you can do. So we spoke about this in depth and a bit of a shameless plug straight away. If you want to have a free template script of exactly how to speak to people, we do have a link in the description, which takes you to that. But I would say the first habit is just being able to speak to people, providing value, not just trying to sell your services to everyone, not looking like a sleazy, sleazy car salesman, as we like to refer to. Just being someone on the gym floor who people like to speak to. And you are someone on the gym floor who people can just go up to and ask a little bit of help or maybe some technique advice or whatever it is in terms of fitness, nutrition. And you want the members to feel comfortable that they don't think that you're just going to sell them on PT. Because if you're someone who just tries to sell your PT left, right, and center, you're going to be someone who people don't want to talk to. There'll be someone who they'll walk past you and put their head down because they're like, oh no, you're going to try and sell me again. So don't be that person. There's a time and a place 
of how to sell. We've spoken about it in depth, but again, if you're struggling, head to the link in the description because we do have, make sure you listen to this podcast first, but head to the link in the description and we do have a free template on that. So that's the first one. Pete, what's the second successful habit of a personal trainer? Well, you've got to be able to organize your schedule, whether that's for your clients and for your, (laughs) I know, the worst person to ask for it. So you've got to be able to organize yourself and that's not just your business life, that's your personal life too. And and as you get busier, there's going to be more pressure on this. So if you can sort of get into good habits at the start of PTN, before you get too busy, it's going to lend yourself well into when you get busy and you really got to maximize your schedule because you've got X amount of hours in the week, weekends, depends if you're on work weekends. But, you know, you've got to factor in some time for yourself, for your family, friends, some time away from the gym, um, which I was, if you've listened to any of the podcasts, I've said it on a number of occasions, I was the worst person at this in sort of tried to use every hour I could to maximize how many clients I had. And but because I thought that was the way forward. Did four sessions a week at nine till 10 at night. Was it nine till 10? Yeah. Yeah, nine till oh, was it ten or eleven? Was, oh, nine till ten. Nine, nine till ten. Yeah, it was nine till ten. Yeah, and you'd be you in know, at that, seven a.m. the next day. Yes, yeah, seven a.m. the next day. And the only reason it was seven a.m. and not earlier was because the gym didn't open, did it? Oh yeah, it didn't it so, opened at seven, didn't it? Yeah, which was slightly annoying because you could have squeezed another hour in there, but. It's not the right way to go about it. So don't, don't make my mistakes. Don't do as I did. Do as I said is the, the, the phrase I think. But yeah, I was the worst at that. So from, from my own experience, I know that you've, you've got to be, it's important you get busy and, and there will have to be a bit of give and take at the start, but you know, further down the line, you've got to be a bit more selfish with your time and set boundaries and, and make sure you don't break them boundaries. Because you don't, you don't physically have any time to do anything for yourself and it becomes a bit of a groundhog day. Wake up, do the, do the job, go home, eat, bed, wake up, do the job, go home, eat, bed. And it's just like, literally like that in the weeks just fly, but then your relationships get affected, whether that's your, your home life or friends, you just have, you don't really have a lot of time for anyone. So you've got to set boundaries. You've got to get that, whether it's a diary, physical diary that we're writing, or whether it's on your phone and you track it through maybe like Google, Google calendar, or there's so many different apps, but you know, and then also booking in time to work on your business is, is really important. So if you're just busy with clients and you work in, in your business, it's hard to work on your business. So. You've got to set aside maybe in your quiet times of the day, I'll go, go to a coffee shop, go home, you know, find somewhere quiet library, wherever it is, where you can sit down, get your head down, do some programming, maybe do some work on marketing, just stuff. So, you know, further down the line, your business isn't going to dry up if a few clients leave. You've got to always have one eye down the, down the line ways you can grow the business. Maybe you need to restructure your package. So it allows for 
more hours to PT. There's different ways to do it, but it's really important to spend time on the business, not just in the business. And when you're self-employed, you're almost a one-man band and you've got to be the website guy, you've got to be the marketing guy, you've got to be the finance guy. You've also got to train the people and you've got to do it all. So it's really important that you get your, your diary, get your weekly schedule locked in ahead of time. And then you know what you're working at. You can see where there's gaps. You can see where you can have a bit of downtime and it won't affect your business. There you go. There's the second one. I think that was well put, I think. So I, I, I think that. I need, I was going to say, I don't think I need to add anything on that. Third point is, I'm going to both chime in a bit on this, is have efficient systems for clients, essentially. So when we're missing out a lot here, but in terms of once you get to the point where you've sold them in a consultation, in terms of they've agreed to come become your client, you need to know, or they need to know exactly how and when they're going to pay you. And you need to make sure that the amount of times you go through a consultation and this happened with me for sure. And I'm sure it happened with you, Pete, you go through a consultation, especially back then, it was a very averagely dealt consultation and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds really good. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'm definitely going to join yet yeah, one, two sessions a week. And then you tell them about the payment. Yep. Yeah, it's X amount for blocks of turn. And then you're like, yeah, could you just ping that over bank transfer? And they're like, yeah, yeah I'll do that when I get home, get home an hour to or two later, radio silence and nothing. And they just ignore you. They just ghost you. And yeah, you think, are they going to become a client? You said they were, but they're not, they're not applying. They're not sending the money over. So what I would say to combat that is one thing you can do is I know, I don't think Pete, you did this when you were so team, but I know I do it now is if, if they, most people carry the card on them. So you could just have your laptop in front of you or your iPad, whatever it is. You can use something which is called Stripe, which is just a payment processor, which I've been using for my clients for years. So on the consultation, if they're like, yep, ready to sign up, you could just be like, right, well, here's the payment. It's X amount for however long. And it's like, right, well, you can enter your details here and you, we can take a deposit or a first payment or all of the payment now. If they say, yeah, I'm, I don't really have the money yet. Well, you could take a deposit, for example, uh, maybe 50 quid instead of 500 quid at the just to secure their place. And at least then, you know, you've got something because if you get nothing, they're never really your client until they've sent that money over. So you need to make sure you have something like that. So the end of the consultation, they can pay the money, you know, you've got them secure and then make sure you've got something set up where they get some type of, whether it's a welcome pack or they know exactly what the next steps are. They know exactly when the next session or the first session is, they know exactly what to expect. They know exactly how things are going to run as opposed to just leaving with your sort of going account number and they're not really too sure what's going to happen. I think as well, what, what Lewis has highlighted there is it all lends itself well to looking professional and having systems. You know, it's like if, if you buy any sort of, let's say you buy an Apple laptop, there's going to be, you, know, you buy it and you'll get when you get the product, you'll get feedback off it. You'll get an email afterwards to rate your experience. You might get linked into different things and a lot of companies do that. So obviously you're one, one man band, one woman band, and you don't want to come across as sort of amateur or 
what's the word? Not amateur, but don't want to look professional. So you having systems in place, you get someone in, they book in for the first section, done the consultation, you find the work, you can work together and you book them in and they'll say, oh, I'll do a bank transfer later. Rather than saying, look, here's the, the card reader, I've got my own card reader, I've got a way to set a direct debit up and you just get that there and then. They're motivated at the time. So you've hopefully done a, a good consultation, they're motivated to start with you. They're thinking, great, I'm going to actually change my body here. I'm going to get the body I want, get the payment then, rather than leaving it a week and saying, send the money in on the bank transfer. And then they've got time to, ah, oh, it's quite a lot of money. You know, that motivation's weighed, waned a little. So I think it's really important. The more professional you can look, the better. And if you have systems in place to take payment, you'll maybe get an email saying that payment's been received. That's quite easy for you. You can set up an email automated service for free. There's a lot of them out there. And if you haven't got a massive sort of database of emails, you can have hundreds of people on that email that you've set up, you've spent a bit of time setting it up, but it looks more professional because They've gone in, they're, they're like raring to go. You've signed them up, they've paid the money, and then maybe there's a week till the first session, and they're just sort of sat twiddling their thumbs waiting. What if that email, after the payment's re- been received, you send them and say, yep, we've got it. Here's your welcome pack. Here's what to expect. I want you to bring this to your first consultation, to your first session. Make sure you wear these clothes. Make sure... We set a bit of time spare because it might be a little bit longer with it being your first session. Here's some nutrition information to read through. I'll discuss it in more detail, but I just want you to understand some fundamentals. And it, it just sort of, it, it could be even send them out a little goodie bag. I've seen a lot of PTs do that and it might be a water bottle in there. There might be, you might have some relationship with other companies or voucher for the coffee shop down the road or a health, health shop, things like that. It just sort of buys into these people thinking, right, I've seen what I'm getting for my money. This is professional service. They're bothered about me. It's not just a turn up, train for an hour, see you late, see you next Tuesday, do the same. So I think you've got to look at your systems and being all orga- I've talked about being organized, but having these systems in place takes a bit of time to set up. Once it's set up, It'll save you loads of time and it'll make that service look like a five-star service. And people will refer you for being the top PT. Yep, I agree with all that. I don't think there's anything I need to add. So just to summarize, the first habit was being able to speak and provide value to non-clients on the gym floor. Second one is being able to organize your weekly schedule efficiently. And third one is, as Pete just said, have efficient systems for paying clients and when we say paying clients we just mean people who are coming on board and are going to be in and we'll see you in the next one see you later guys